I think because music is also tied to culture and uh, I guess certain demographics, people do believe that they should be in the streets bugging it out, um, you know, more formalizing of any skill. And I used to be that person. Um, like, why should I do that? I, I know how to do this. But going to school taught me that you don't know everything. You don't. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Edit Undo podcast. We have got a very special guest today. Um... Our very first recording artist. Now, she's not just any old recording artist. Sandra is a vocalist, rapper, songwriter, or you might just say a multidisciplinary creative. Um, you know, she's gone into the space of music production, having graduated um, in that discipline, as well as the music, um, biz- the the business of music as well, at the Boston Media House. So, I'm I'm very 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 keen on this discussion today because you know I, I have my own personal interest in the music space as an outside spectator and so it's great to have someone who is actually there in the trenches doing the work recording the music um so sandra welcome to the show yay so welcome <laughs> i know this is not Thank the you. first time we're trying this unfortunately with south african low shading and all of the obstacles mm. but we're here and we're ready true <laughs> sure. i'm so excited to chat with you guys definitely um it's gonna be a great one i'm sure um and especially because of the quality of the music but we'll 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 get to all of that that lovely stuff a little <laughs> bit later i think where i'd like to start is um you know each person at some point in their life you know has this sort of dream whether it's about like you know being on stage next to jay-z or beyonce or whether you know maybe you've got a different interest like maybe you want to be some you know world-renowned artist or you know whatever your creative poison of choice is we kind of have this dream that we want to achieve when we're younger and then eventually you know life slaps us around a few times and we settle to accounting or going to work at a bank or something of that kind not that there's anything wrong with that but I guess where I'd like us to start is how did you how did you carry that dream from you know the young younger stages of life to where you are today like what what actually pushed you and how did you sort of get to to a stage where you kind of took took this full time so it's like you said um always been a dream of mine to be next to the superstars to be a superstar myself to really make my offering to the world something musical something that people can relate to and life did swing me around for a little bit at first Mm -hmm. um and i did go to school and study things that i thought would be more financially viable more respected than you know i'm an artist (laughs) because i guess we get a lot of flack for trying to pursue something that isn't really perceived as real it should be a hobby next to the real thing that you do and um what pushed me i guess was me and my my dream i know that i can stand next to the heavyweights and every heavyweight put in their time um and i guess i put in my time and (laughs) now we're here Mm -hmm. and there's still so much further to go um 
So yeah, I guess for me, it was just about sticking to what I really knew was for me, despite the pressures to conform. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 so true. Um, <clears throat> and I think anyone who sort of has to kind of take a less trodden path kind of gets to a point where they have to they have to rely on themselves to find a way forward. Um, I've told this the story a number of times on the podcast, so I won't go into details. But I, I, it's definitely something <laughs> that I can I can relate to. Um, that sort of having to, yeah. you know, just take take a left turn into the bushes and find your way. Um, Mm-hmm. And so maybe a question that I have, um, because for me personally, one of the things that helped me along the way is having like specific people that I looked up to along along the journey, like whether it's a mentor or it's just someone who I'm I'm sort of following online. Like, did you have anything, anyone like that, um, you know, especially in the earlier stages before, you know, you'd found found your your place, um, I'd say in the industry, like were there either people that the encouraged you or people that sort of like you sort of had as a role model? Uh, definitely. The first person that comes to mind is my lecturer at Boston. Um, he really made me believe that solidifying my skill and upskilling would be worth mm. the time and the effort. Uh, my producer, Nash, he's someone who's just helped me get my grounding start the good foundation mm-hmm. Sia um, it's also known as 2AM who I make music with people who make music uh, and people who are in the industry I guess inspire me the most because they understand it from a different perspective I guess my mom as well for sure my mom sings as well sure. okay. she just obviously didn't, didn't know that wow you know? but <laughs> yeah my mom would just hear me singing in the house and be like, yes, keep going, keep going. So things like that, I guess just everyone around myself as well. But if we're talking external influences, mm-hmm. definitely the people in my immediate environment who do music and the people who've known and I've wanted to do this for a long time. Yeah, sure. I think um, that's a very fortunate um, place to be in as someone that wants to pursue a more unconventional uh, profession, so to say, because it can be, very discouraging when you're surrounded with people, like you say, who who don't see this as a professional career that you can pursue full time. Now, Sandra, you've spoken a little bit about a few people that you're currently working with, but I just want to almost give a holistic picture to the listeners listening from your perspective. uh, What type of artists are you? What type of music or sound do you um, produce? And where can they find that music? Maybe they want to quickly pause the episode and go listen to a song (laughs) and then come back and catch on with the the conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So I am a vocalist and a rapper. When I'm singing, I make mostly R&B, alternative R&B type uh, vibe. Mm. Uh, music that's kind of my sound and then when I'm rapping I rap on usual rap beats trap Mm -hmm. beats lo-fi beats boom bap beats pretty much within the R&B and hip-hop genre and the alternative side of it Um, that's primarily what I've been making that's what I've been exploring that's what I've been uh, trying to find how I can do Mm -hmm. it um, 
and leave my influence in those particular genres. Uh, and then if you're looking for me, my name, my artist name is Sandra with three H's um, across all mm-hmm. platforms, uh, all DSPs, YouTube, wherever you're looking for me, Sandra with three H's. That's where you can go pause mm-hmm. Quickly go type that in and give me a list. Nice. And uh, I think we mentioned this previously as well, but um, when we set up this uh, recording and Alfie sent me the Spotify link to some of your um, tracks, the first thing that came to mind for me, and it seems like Alfie had the same experience, is that your your sound's very international. Mm -hmm. It's not just because it's predominantly English. It has nothing to do with that. It is Mm -hmm. more the, firstly, the quality. Um, Then I think the... The consistency almost, if you listen to different tracks of yours, the the sound, um, the emotion, the the feeling you get is very consistent. So it almost speaks to the fact, at least from what I can gauge, it feels like you've already established quite a sound that you feel confident in. Um but I do have a question around the rapping, but if you wanna if you wanna speak a bit to your sound, go for it. But I do wanna ask, was rapping something that came later? Because you mentioned, you know, your mom sings, you were singing around the house. Is that something that you only started um of late or as well interested in from very young? Uh rap's definitely been something I've always been interested in. I appreciate the the hardcore delivery. And when I'd see rappers rapping as a child, my dad loved rap a lot Mm. as well. So I've always loved rap. And for me, it just seemed like a way to get out your emotions. Like, yeah, I can sing them out, but I can also just like, it's like aggressive Mm -hmm. talking. It's really a form of therapy. It is therapy, yeah. I can can see that. Um. I've also, I guess, just always been someone who knows the songs off by heart and I'd know these raps off by heart and I'd think to myself, well, what if I tried? And so when I was 12, I tried and I still remember it. <laughs> and then I put it to bed and I was like, no, it's cool. Let's just sing. It's yeah. okay. And then when I finally got to FTL Studio and I'd been working with the boys for a while, um, I just kind of showed them one day. I'm like, guys, let me try something different. And I tried something different. And they were like, okay, what we're not going to do is keep this in the vault. (laughs) We're not going to pretend like this is something that didn't happen. (laughs) We're going to, Mm -hmm. we're going to elevate this. We're going to push this. And uh, I guess this is kind of like a little secret. I'm going to throw it out there, but my next tape is centered around my ability to rap because I I just feel like the reason why I was so kind of serious about it from my end is I don't know anyone that raps like me. I don't know, especially in this male-dominated mm-hmm. market, rappers, I guess you got your Nicki Minaj's for sure, and they paved the way for girls like me, but I still have yet to hear someone who can rap. <laughs> <laughs> so... So it is a fairly recent thing and I am exploring mm-hmm. it, but um, it's something that I'm glad I was pushed. Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> That's amazing. And so there, there, there are a lot of different things out of there that I want to pick apart, but I think the place that I want to start is, <clears throat> so now you've, you've mentioned FTL radio once, and then you also mentioned, you know, when you're speaking about the people who've influenced you, um, you mentioned a number of people. And so 
one of the things, you know, in my very limited exposure to the music industry, one of the things that I've seen as an outsider looking in is that one of the things that a lot of artists struggle with is having all of the skills necessary to build an artist around them, you know, because us as the consumer, you know, we really just see like a Spotify link, you click on the link and you play the music and that that's really it. It's like a five minute yeah. interaction. But when you actually think about how much work goes into making that two to five minutes of music, you know, you've got the person that makes the beats, you've got the A&R that gets the talent, you've got the like actual production, you've got the recording, you've got like, and then after the song has been made, there's still the distribution, there's the marketing, there's the launching of the project. So there are a lot of different pieces to actually bring um, a piece of music into the world. So can you maybe talk a little bit about how pretty much from when you when you started, you know, maybe you can imagine you're a varsity student just having graduated. Like, how did you go from a person with a dream to actually having what is needed to put a project out? And, and who who um, who is involved in that process for you? Okay. Uh, so I think the inception of it all always starts with the knowledge. You need to know mm. how. And partnered with knowing how is knowing who. So mm -hmm. I knew how through the music business because I know what an A&R does. I don't have a vague idea just because I've heard that word thrown around. I know what that person is supposed to be doing. I know what my booking manager is supposed to be doing when I get one. I know what a technical writer is, et cetera, et cetera. So for me, it was formalizing outside of my skill and getting the knowledge. Then when I had the knowledge, I knew where mm -hmm. to look and... Uh, I guess a lot of people are used to getting opportunities from, I guess, like job posts. I found FTL on Twitter. They were looking for a vocalist. And by that time, I had already known, you know, the whole, okay, this is what I want. This is what mm -hmm. I want for myself. These are the type of people I'm trying to work around. And FTL had a solid following. They had quality content, quality mixes, a quality logo, the little mm -hmm. things like that that I was taught to look for help me align myself with people who I know would now let's mm -hmm. push this thing further together. And I guess then that's when I met mm -hmm. Nash and he's the founder of FTL. So FTL stands mm -hmm. for For the Love. And pretty much Nash, uh, I guess like every artist, he studied what he needed to study, then formalized with music. And by the time we met, he was like, look, I'm just learning. I just got out of school but I have the mm -hmm. know-how. I know how to provide ABC, one, two, three, what have you got to give? And then we fostered mm -hmm. that relationship. And then once Nash could see I was serious and I could see he was serious, we opened up a network of people that just, oh, okay, I know this guy from school. I know so-and-so from, you know, wherever, or my brother knows this guy. And I guess... From there, we've just, she made like just a family tree, I guess, of people within our spaces and outside of our spaces as well, who are able to help us, you know, not do everything mm -hmm. ourselves. Um, but there's still, I guess, a lot you end up doing yourself as an independent artist because you spoke about uh, A&R, marketing, distribution. Those tasks are delegated amongst FDL mm -hmm. for now. So there are three of us. And TYM, Sia, who also reports, 
we'll handle the business side of things and we'll make proposals and we'll make the mm-hmm. media kit. And, okay, now we're sending out the link. It's also good to, social media is awesome. You get to, like you say, click on a link and before you know it, 40 new people have heard your song. So all of that, I guess, like you're saying, it doesn't mm-hmm. just happen, but those are necessary components for success that have helped me. Yeah. Uh, and it didn't happen overnight. And it's something that you still constantly have to learn because trends mm-hmm. change. Hashtags change. Um, but living in like constant evolution in this digital era. And I guess it's just best to <laughs> just keep, mm-hmm. like you're saying, mm-hmm. networking, mm-hmm. branching out realizing you don't do everything yourself, but whatever it is that you do do, knowing mm. how to do it and also admitting mm. when you can't do it. Sure. Yeah. I really liked how you um, placed emphasis on, you know, uh, knowing how gives you a lot more tools in the pocket to problem solve creatively because often we, we see those two as very different theory and practical creativity. But there is a lot of truth to that, you know. Um, the power in creativity, in problem solving, in um, innovating also comes from relying on a lot of stuff you've already learned. And learning is more theory-based as well. Um, I do want to touch on, you know, you, you did mention you're an independent artist and you are working more collaboratively with a lot of other um, music disciplines or people, so to say. Um, how do you, as an independent artist, especially as a vocalist, make sure you have a distinctive sound when you are constantly influenced by people in the music space, working with them, collaborating with them. And they all obviously, they all have their own sound. They all have an idea of what they want to sound like as well. So I guess it'd be a matter of balance. I trained my voice and I continuously train my voice, school of YouTube. I will be home alone or... um, during my gap years, when I was home alone, I just sit on the stairs and sing and figure out what it is my voice mm. could and couldn't do. So I wouldn't get in the studio mm-hmm. and be surprised mm. that my attempts to sound like someone are not working. So I really cultivated um, my own voice before I ever stepped in the studio space. Um, and then the other side of that is, okay, yeah, so I've established my own sound that way, but... Uh, It's something that Nash has brought to our minds recently that has really helped me is, okay, I'll get a beat and I'll try somebody else's writing style. Mm. And Mm. uh, just as Mm -hmm. a challenge. And some way, somehow, because of that influence, you'll have it there. Um, So you'll borrow from this person while still maintaining your own. It's actually more of a challenge. (laughs) How am I going to adopt this style yet still maintain my sadness yeah. or my nationness or my 2 amness you know, we challenge ourselves through our similarities mm-hmm. still. So yes, I am my own artist, but I'll still, okay, let me try that. How do I, mm-hmm. how did they do that? And then somehow it ends up being my own. So I guess it's a mix of my individuality, but my acknowledgement of others who I still like, who, mm-hmm. what I wouldn't do. <laughs> you know, there's some people who I listen to. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. for me, person. 
That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's, there's something about that that I actually find really interesting. Um, so one of the things I guess that I'm trying to do a little bit more of now is, um, you know, writing and doing talks. So public speaking type of things. And so when I'm, when I'm trying to either write on a new topic or work on something that I've been writing about before, I tend to do the same thing. So I might, let's say, let's say I'm, I'm reading a book on the topic that I'm trying to write about. I'll, in a sense, rewrite the idea that they're describing and sort of see if I can make the same point using their, their same, using their ideas, but using my own words. And what that ends up doing is, although I may not necessarily agree with the idea they're trying to communicate, it sort of helps me to understand like the actual linguistic tools in a sense that they're using. And then I can use that when I'm trying to express my own ideas. Um, and I found that it actually helps so much to almost adopt another person's style and be able to mm. not, to not be like dragged away with it. Um, because you, you get to appreciate it as, as, as a creator rather than necessarily just a consumer. So I think it's, it's really interesting mm-hmm. that you sort of take that approach to your music. Um, yeah, it's, it's crazy how these things, these things overlap. And I guess in some sense, they're both um, different forms of performance. Um, so it, it, in, a, in a way, it does make sense. Um, so there, there is one thing that I do want to ask about it because... Does. You know, when I speak to most people about the, the the music industry, whether they're in the music industry or not, and I talk to them about, you know, like if they were, if they decided they wanted to be a musician, how would they go about it? And I don't know very many people whose first answer is to go and study it. Like either they've got like a cynical view of, of um, you know, these tertiary yeah. institutions <laughs> and it's like, yeah. nah, you have to be in the streets and on the That's ground so to true. really yeah. learn how to do this music. And you, the, nobody, it can't be taught in a, in a classroom. Like, mm-hmm. firstly, is that something that you agree <laughs> with? And then maybe you could tell us a little bit about your experience um, learning it in a, in a, in a sense, in a formal environment. So I think because music is also tied to culture and um, I guess certain demographics, people do believe that they should be in the streets <laughs> bugging it out, you know, no formalizing of any skill. And I used to be that person. Um, like, why should I do that? I, I know how to do this. But going to school taught me that you don't know everything. You don't. You mm-hmm. don't know everything and you never know who you're going to meet where you're avoiding to go. There's so many times I've gone to places that I'm just out dragging my feet and I get there and I meet the mm-hmm. most phenomenal people with the most phenomenal ideas and I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I needed to be here. And Boston Media's soul candy was that for me. It was realizing that there are different ways to do this thing and that um, music is a community sport. So depriving yourself of like-minded mm-hmm. individuals in a, you know, a place that you could be at every day, like it's unmatched. I can't put any, uh, like I can't numerically give any value to how much I got out of mm-hmm. that one year. Sure. You don't have to go to school for four years. Mm-hmm. I couldn't go to school for four years. I was there for 
not even a year, eight months. But because I was surrounded by people who were doing the same thing as me, but differently, I woke up every day excited to be in that environment. I usually would skip school at one class, but I was in every class on time. It taught me so much more than just what Mm -hmm. I got there to Mm -hmm. learn. You know what I mean? Uh, So I would encourage people to go to school and I would encourage them to go to um, a place where they will be allowed to fully express themselves. Don't Mm -hmm. rob yourself of that opportunity for the sake of getting it out of the market. I think to a sense, I can relate to what you say, um, that... You know, when you when you went to varsity and you saw all these people um, taking their careers seriously as well, because especially in the line of work that you're in, it's like Alfie mentioned, more common for people to just kind of want to figure it out themselves instead of going to do it formally through an institution, which means if you're there in class, it probably means that you want to be there. And you're taking it as a career very seriously. And being surrounded with people who take their work seriously, it's mm-hmm. it's the energy from that. Because firstly, now now you have to you can't be a slacker, right? You you mm-hmm. not even if you're not competitive, mm-hmm. you we people pleasers generally as creative. So we, we, we wanna make sure we show people our potential because we also wanna see our full potential. So mm-hmm. being surrounded by people who take it seriously, True. it's so motivating and inspiring on that journey. Mm-hmm. It is. And I look mm. at some of my classmates now. A lot of, I've got classmates who are performing. Crazy. Yeah. Same classmates that were in. You know what I mean? Like, don't, don't not go to school. Don't not be surrounded by people who are doing the thing mm. that you're doing and doing it well. Yeah, no, you, you, you're super right. Mm. Look, yeah. and I think, you know, just to to, to pay um, credit where it's due, there are, there are those who maybe can't do it in a formal institution, but I think they could still learn from what you're saying. It's the important thing is around fo- surrounding yourself with people who are serious about what they do. And if you can't find mm. that in a learning institution, you may just need to make that your community of friends. Like the people yeah. that you hang out with are the ones who are Absolutely. serious about what they're trying to True. do. Um, and so, like, there was there was something that you mentioned at, earlier in this discussion that I thought was specifically um, interesting and I think relevant to this topic. And it was when you sort of spoke about or when you first chatted to the guys about like your your rapping. You know, I can I think any any sort of creative who 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 shows somebody mm-hmm. else their work can can recognize that feeling when you've got something that. You're kind of you're kind of proud about, but you still are a little bit hesitant to put it out there in the world because, like you know, once you put it out there, it's there for the world to judge, and it's so important to have those people around you who yeah. will, as soon as they see something, like drive you forward, because that, in a sense, your your journey as a musician could have been very different if the way they'd reacted to that was, you know, cynical or like, you know, making fun of you or something. And it's, it's actually nothing to do with your talent. And I think that's another really good um, reason to make sure that you're surrounding yourself with not only people who are serious, but also people who want to, who want the best out of you. Um, And I think that's, that's a super important (laughs) part, especially in, 
in the creative industry, not necessarily just music. Because also, I think when you create something like that, in a sense, it's a part of yourself that you're sharing. Um, mm. And and maybe maybe that's something that that you can comment on a little bit. That that idea of sharing a part of yourself. Like, how do you how do you find you relate with your work? during the process and afterwards because i find it's a little bit different with every artist some refuse to listen to their own music others like absolutely <laughs> love it there's some who don't want to listen during the process and just want to hear uh, the final thing or some who want to be a part of every single edit so what's your relationship like with your creative work yeah uh i would say it's definitely grown over the years i never mm. thought I'd be able to do this. And I'll explain why. Like you said, everyone starts out with this dream that they want to be the best and then it's time to be the best. So you have to write the songs, you have to come up with the concepts, you have to mm-hmm. be the persona, you know what I mean? And that takes years of work. I think that was definitely part of my 10,000 hours. I wasn't always this confident. I never used mm. to be able to sing out loud. I never used to be able to write songs I just sing whatever was out there and not delve into my own mind mm-hmm. and see what I could produce um, until my gap years and then varsity so my gap years yeah I spent time writing to type notes on YouTube and kind of figure out what my pen could do because mm-hmm. I was tired of just singing and then varsity uh, at Boston like class wasn't too long so it was two hours and then we'd all be out and from there we were either allowed to sit and practice in class and make beats or sometimes we'd just walk over to um, one of our friends, uh, Rez's and just sit in a circle and freestyle and I used to be Mm. silent during those freestyles, I'd just be watching all my friends and my classmates and the beautiful thing I guess about a freestyle or a cipher environment mm. is you're allowed to mess up. You're allowed to say a word that doesn't make sense or, you know, you trip on the beat and somebody else picks it up, then you pick it up again. So seeing that and watching that, it's like, okay, so no one is a perfect artist. People are talented artists. There are ways to express yourself that aren't a perfectly written song. And from there, that's, I guess, where I fostered the ability to okay i can freestyle and what if i took it serious what if i wrote something down and i guess it grew from there and then having expressed myself in the varsity environment of just you know playful but also even when we were recording for assignments i guess Mm. knowing that no one was going to laugh knowing that even if people did laugh it was in jest and we move over it and it's not something Mm. that's Mm. demeaning or um yeah and once I got comfortable in that environment, I was blessed enough to uh, record at FCL Studio where, again, oh, you missed the note. Cool, let's just mm-hmm. run it back. We'll do it again. Oh, why don't you say something like this? Why don't you replace this word like this? I think part of yeah. good collaboration or good songwriting is being able to listen to the people that are in the studio um, when they're telling you to change things or when they're telling you, you know, why don't you try tweak it like this? And also being that person for other people, sometimes uh, a lot of new artists come into FTL studio and sometimes they'll be nervous and I can Mm -hmm. see myself in them because I've been there. So part of my knowing also helps the people who, you know, 
uh, in the environment that I can also see where once I was, and then I become that person for me. You know? mm-hmm. It's just no, no, yeah. I definitely, <laughs> I definitely get you. There's, there's a sort of um, kind of like giving giving the next person the hand up because you've kind of been in that situation mm. before. Um, but th- yeah. there was a second part. Mm. And I'm mm. still in that situation. Yeah, the second part to it is like, do Sorry, you, are, yeah. you, are you the type, do you enjoy listening to your own music? Like how do, how do you feel about your work once it's out there and it's <laughs> it's done? Uh, so when my first, yeah, my only mm-hmm. EP, the one that I have out right now was released, I didn't listen to it after <laughs> I just I couldn't. I because it's a trip to think. Okay, now everyone knows yeah. my thoughts. Like now everyone knows pretty much mm-hmm. everything because I am telling everything. But uh, I guess a part of it is also okay. Before we release the music, you've been listening to it for mm-hmm. I promise you a year plus, mm-hmm. or at least that's how it is for me. So sometimes the only reason I won't listen outside of overthinking it, is I've just heard this song so many times. And then it feels new. Mm. If I come back to it later, then cool. Like, Mm -hmm. then it feels fresh again. But I I did once say, and I think it's a sentiment I hold that I wish could change. I wish I could consume my music outside of being a creator. It doesn't hit the same way hit the same for me not that it's bad but I just think because I'll always be listening to it like yeah no, this was mm, I should have done this or I should have done this but I'm learning not to consume it like that because yeah. then it takes away from the fun of everything like everyone's enjoying my song and I'm there like no I should have <laughs> gone up there I should have taken that down I should have tried not to be that person but I mm-hmm. I do enjoy listening to my music I think um, especially because we play it all the time when I'm with my friends they will be like let's put Sandra on when we finish recording in studio and we're driving home let's listen to what we just did I'll mm. go home and play nice. it for I that's, do enjoy that's, that's nice to hear um, <laughs> and I think you know that I guess that's what's part of the the maturing process of being a creative is firstly going back to what you said the environment was in studio where it's um really being able like exercising your ability to quickly pivot from failure to learning very quickly Mm. so when something doesn't work pivot quickly adjust pivot quickly and Mm. and that takes quite a bit of time Mm. um Mm -hmm. as we enter our creative journeys to to hone in that skill and then um to what you just said as well you know part of the maturing process as a creative as well is um, being able to also detach yourself from your work eventually because mm-hmm. we, 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 because it's a part of ourselves, we, it's precious, right? It's, it's personal, it's precious. And sometimes that means we hold on to it a bit longer than we need to. Um, and mm-hmm. we get sick of it or we just constantly see where we should have improved. And I'm not saying reflection isn't good. It's obviously always good to reflect and see, cool, what can I do better for next time? Mm-hmm. Yes. But then moving on. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I we can probably even totally um, relate a little bit with this podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. I mean, <laughs> I've maybe yeah. listened to like 
five full episodes. <laughs> and we, we are on what? Really? Almost yeah. Now. Yes. No, <laughs> I have only listened to two of our episodes. <laughs> yeah, afterwards. Two. Because, because sometimes we, in the beginning, different. yeah. No, I was saying in the beginning, obviously, because we were so focused on the quality of the sound. Um, but then Alfie and I mm-hmm. prepare for the episode, we record, and then listening to ourselves as well is not as fun afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> it's much more fun being a part of a conversation than just making that. one. That's, that's also the other thing for me, because there have been some episodes that I, I absolutely loved the conversation. I mean, chatting to Katlejo Patane, that, that was... It was mind blowing, and he can he can talk, <laughs> he can really talk. Yeah. But then now thinking, would I go back and listen to it again? I'm like, I would rather <laughs> look for a new story that I'm interested in. I'd rather look at like you know, is there somebody else out there that I might no. want to chat about, or you know, was there an aspect that I want to do a little bit more research on that we spoke mm. spoke about? So, I I don't know. I find yeah. it hard to go back and look at <laughs> my own recordings. But Alfie. When you when you were saying you that, should. I actually thought you were referring to the work you and I did together at APSA, because um, oh. Alfie and I did a very long project for about four months, um, and then we formulated like a report, so to say, mm-hmm. a case study after the project, mm. and it was right after the project finished we were so sick of it, or at least my experience was, I was so sick of it. I didn't want to speak about it anymore. I didn't want to look at it anymore. But the beauty of giving also yourself like that break, right? So immediately Mm -hmm. when it's done, not going in and looking for more stuff, Mm -hmm. like it's done, draw the line. And then now it's been, Mm -hmm. what, seven months going back at it. Firstly, I'm proud. I must say the work we Mm -hmm. did was I'm proud. And then I can see small opportunities Mm. for improvement because I'm now also in a position where I'm a bit Mm. more de-invested. So it's easier to see opportunities Mm. for improvement in a better light, so to Mm -hmm. say. That's true. That's good. That's really good. And like you're saying, yeah, giving it that time Mm. and going a little more positive heart during your affliction <laughs> not one like okay so what did you do wrong let's take account you, know? yeah. you are doing an amazing thing guys yeah, really definitely amazing. okay um i did want to go ahead Alfie. you can go for it <laughs> i wanted to quickly go back to your style. So in, I mentioned, um, you know, for both myself and Alfie, when we listened or got exposed to your music at first, it sounded very international and it's the sound, it's the quality. And then Alfie also shared an article with me, which um, I read that you also have Kenyan heritage and now you're in South Africa. So there's a lot of influence <laughs> and I'm, I only speak two languages, um, Afrikaans and English. And I just wanted to know, was there an intentional decision to create music in English as opposed to maybe one of the million other languages or do you only speak English? Um, yeah. 
yeah, you know, that one is, I'll admit it is a tough question because growing up first generation, mm. like immigrant child in South Africa, Same, yeah. my parents didn't teach me <laughs> Swahili. Mm. I, oh, I fully understand it, but I can't <laughs> speak so. it. I can't, I can't, I can't. So, um, I guess in that though, I do love language and I do love, um, I love it beyond writing. I've always loved reading. I've always loved words. I love pronunciation and playing with English Mm -hmm. as intricately as I can because I don't have any other medium to express myself in, I think is what I made my superpower because it's definitely Mm. forever that I can't just, Mm -hmm. you know, go home and no, 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 you know? And I see other people doing that all the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh. like when you said you only <laughs> speak two languages, I'm like, <laughs> I yeah. only speak one. You know what I mean? But um, like what I can appreciate and what I'm trying to do now, like uh, I mentioned before, is mm-hmm. to challenge myself in my writing. Um, and that means mm. outsourcing when I can't, you know, do something. So for example, Costa Titch. Costa Titch, I'm pretty sure, didn't grow up at home speaking mm. Zulu. But look yeah. at him. Pronunciation on point. He's making songs that boom. He's catering to the masses. And I don't want to leave out people who I could potentially reach because of a language barrier. So I am working with writers wow. who do speak Vernac and who do speak Swahili to help mm. me incorporate mm-hmm. words and phrases in my music that mm-hmm. open oh, up yeah. my circle of influence because it would be such a disservice to myself to not do that. Even if it's just the chorus or just the hook, yeah. I I think it is important. Yeah. I think it is important to me personally, um, but also to, uh, how can I put it? Like uh, mm-hmm. Africa is a dance nation. So when I'm making dance songs, I want to only be rhyming in English or, you know, I need them to feel it. I need them Mm. to chant the, you know, the phrase that makes them go wild. We've all Mm. seen it. We've seen Mm. it with piano. We've seen it with house, you know, gong, all those different genres where English is not the main medium of delivery, but Mm -hmm. these songs are rocking and they're rocking because people are feeling them because they can relate. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I do primarily write in English because that's the only language I can speak fluently for now. Yeah. I like the but approach. who knows, maybe on, like, the follow-up episode in, like, 10 years, on our reunion episode, I'll mm-hmm. be Yeah, and I completely understand, um, you know, yeah. you explaining your journey. And I know this can be a sensitive um, topic to discuss because, firstly, uh as a woman, um, you know, women can get criticized a bit more in the light of success. Mm. And then women of color even more. And that's kind of the where I was, um, where this question was coming from, trying to think about what your personal experience is. If you've received any criticism as, you know, being a woman of color, being successful, creating an international sound that you're not being inclusive, so to say, or or not doing justice to mm-hmm. being South African or Kenyan. Mm. Yeah. 
that's the one I hear all the time is how how are you not? Like why are you not? You're leaving out of or my exactly. blackness is then yeah. put into question. Like, oh, so this is I'm just like give me a break. I will yeah. come correct. Don't worry. Because it mm. is like you're saying, Stephen, it's something that is sensitive, but I'm not gonna let that stop me mm-hmm. from yeah. maybe this is my chance to learn, you know, this is my chance to eventually delve into my passion for language and explore it outside of the English realm. But I will be the first. English is so fun to mm-hmm. hear. I, <laughs> I can't, yeah, that's where I, I love it. I don't, it doesn't make me feel like yeah. less of an artist because someone else might have mm. you know, <laughs> weird things to project on me because of language. But mm-hmm. yeah, I have fun. Yeah. I appreciate your, your honesty of your experience. <laughs> And I can I can relate one hundred percent. Also, first generation immigrant, like <laughs> don't speak any vernacular at all, and, yeah. and I don't even understand. So, like, it's, it's an it's a non-starter for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I can just every time I say I only speak English, I can just see the disappointment in people's eyes. <laughs> As if it's like, you know, when I was a kid, I made the choice, like, oh, I don't want all of these other languages that are my heritage. Yeah. Like, and, just... you know, it took a while for me to get used to it. But eventually I kind of just realized, like, you know, it, in a sense, it almost comes from a good place. It's like they want you to be proud of the people that you come from. Um, mm-hmm. I guess it's not necessarily a question of that mm-hmm. for us, but I, I, I do I do understand it. <clears throat> One thing, though, that I would like to ask you a little bit about is what 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 do you have in the works? Is there anything that we can that is either coming soon? Is there something that you're working on? Um, I'm pretty keen to hear. Uh, so I just finished up my second project, like I said, seven tracks um, of just mm. pure experimentation. Once again, I. Realized mm-hmm. what I could do with the last tape, and this one was manufactured with that in mind. Um, once mm-hmm. again, very, I want to say, yes, it was planned, but also spontaneously. It's really just um, something from the heart, as usual. And mm-hmm. it is set to drop in August, so very soon. And I'm okay. currently shooting visuals for. Um, the songs because uh, when I play in that arena as well my last project had a couple of visuals but mainly lyric videos that I posted on IGTV so more music videos Mm -hmm. this time and um, Mm -hmm. it's actually something that's an intentional collaborative effort, um, effort between me and Nash so producer at FTL label head, I pretty much told him, I want you on production. And that's how I wanted. I don't want to buy beats from YouTube this time. I want you to shine. Let's Mm. shine together. And he brought through the heat. Like Nash on production is something Mm. that I'm I'm just so ready for everyone to hear it because he totally shined. 2 a.m. on the features. Mm. He knocked it out the Mm. park. Um, and it's something, uh, it's really dear to my heart because I got to do it with my brothers. Like, once again, I'm 
the only girl on the project, but um, all my brothers, Kian, Kali, Java, yeah. 2M, Nash, they all pull through for me. And mm-hmm. it feels like a, I don't know, cute little fun something that I really am excited for everyone to hear. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, and I, I'm one of the people who is excited to hear, <laughs> you know. I think after having, um, you know, heard your first project and the single as well, um, it's got me interested as to where you're going to take things. <laughs> because, you know, as, as we sort of mentioned at the beginning, like, you've got a lot of range, both in style and delivery. And so, in a sense, it's it's almost hard to imagine what, what the, the next project will be like. So I'm I'm, I'm pretty excited for that um so do you guys have a a a date yet or is that still um in the works that's still in the works but as soon as i have it i promise you will know about it yeah (laughs) definitely let let the the audience know Um, and then maybe you know turning the clock forward a little bit are there any Either people that you're, you'd you'd really like to work with, um, you know, in the medium to you know, long term that you're that you're thinking about. Either it's somebody on the path, or you know, there's somebody else who is coming up that you're really interested in doing some work with. Like, what 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 does the future hold? Like, is there anything that you're looking looking forward to from that perspective? So, I think yeah, definitely like any artist that's working their way up, I do dream commercial success for myself. I do dream having access to my local favorites, my national favorites, um, international as well. I want to collaborate with a lot of big names and it gets really hard to remember all of them when people ask you this question. I don't know if artists ever admit that, but <laughs> to name names off the top of your head, you, I really forgot everyone. But yeah. um, I'll also say that I am, <laughs> I'm blessed mm-hmm. to um, work with a lot of talent like myself and different from myself mm-hmm. at FTL radio, like the emerging R and B girls that I see um, coming in and out of studio, Kieme, Fence, Unicade. These are people that are just like me, who are, mm-hmm. you know, coming up with me, who I'm coming up with, whose journey, whose journey, sorry, that I'm witnessing as well. Like, those are people that I'm also really looking forward to continue working with. Um, different people that I find in the DMs, different people that I find on SoundCloud. I... I'm not above reaching out for collaborations as well. Like I, mm-hmm. if I like your work, I'll DM you and be like, Hey, do you mm. know, you know, so a lot of different people as well that mm. maybe aren't, you know, also the big names yet, but the people who are pioneering, especially the local industry that I'm working with, that I'm connected to, that I see also doing their thing. I'm coming for them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, I think we are almost coming to the end of the episode. I have two last questions for you. Um, The first one, if you had to give someone who's considering stepping into the music space and pursue it as a full-time career, some advice, maybe someone who's still in school, so hasn't even considered studying, um, is there any 
very important or specific advice you would want to give them? Uh, Okay, I think the first thing that comes to mind is don't be pressured to, how do I put it? Like, it's a very social media centered answer, but don't be pressured to just turn it into a hobby because that's what everyone's doing right now and you need to be on, you know, the next trending viral video for your, take your time, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Figure your stuff out. Uh, just keep, keep it um, simple. I think there's a lot of pressure because of the constant influx of, oh my gosh, they're posting and I'm not doing anything. I haven't even shown people I can do this. Grow your confidence. Yeah. It's fine, like, don't feel pressured to mm-hmm. do your thing because everyone else is doing their thing or turn it into a monetized hobby to, you know, uh, be on right now. Yeah. You can take your time. That stuff will come. Mm-hmm. And then secondly, the low days are a real thing. It's, it is sometimes a lonely journey. And I wish I was told that, like, despite the loving community that I have around me, sometimes you do feel alone and you do feel like, is this even worth it? Should I even be doing this? The answer sometimes Mm. will be no, but that loud yes that you feel inside here on the days that there's no here, listen to it. Mm -hmm. Listen to it. Yeah. And I think a lot of people will be able to resonate with the advice you've given, not just someone in the music (laughs) space. So thank you for that. Sure. And then lastly, um, besides listening to your music, if like you said, people want to collaborate with you or just reach out, maybe they want you on another podcast, (laughs) where can they (laughs) reach out to you? So they can reach out to me, like I said, across all social media platforms. It's Sandra, S-A-N-D-R-A, Triple H, um, across all social media platforms. My email address is in every bio on my social media platform, Sandra N at gmail.com FTL radio pages on Instagram FTL.radio or FTL underscore radio is where you can also get hold of me um, if you have my phone number call me it's me it's really I'm accessible <laughs> <laughs> well there you guys have it <laughs> and uh, to everyone listening thank you for holding on until now we will see you soon awesome guys thank you thank you so much Sandra